0: Welcome to Sawbones Marital Tour, Ms. Gaia Medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And
1: I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney,
0: I'm tired of something. You're tired of something? I'm tired of something, and I would like to broach the subject with you now right now mm-hmm. we, is,
1: you know what you and I really picked the best time to
0: have to these have these kind
1: of disputes well that's kind of what I, that's kind of what
0: I want to talk to you about uh this is like our 80th episode I think somewhere around there 80 episodes yeah and, and in every episode we try to come up with like a reason like a like a a, a a conversation that we might have been having that would lead us into the topic of the subject that we we're discussing
1: yeah it's like a bit that we do it's like a bit and you know you're you're really messing this one up
0: yeah well it's exhausting we spent dear friends we spent the last three minutes trying to figure out how we might have a conversation
1: (laughs) three whole minutes of our precious time three
0: minutes no i would say upwards of four (laughs) minutes discussing what conversation we would be having that would lead us into malaria
1: Friends. Now you've given it away. Now it's not a surprise. Now they know we're talking about malaria.
0: Well, that's my intro there. Now that's the conversation we had that led us into malaria. Friends, we talk about a lot of things here between the two of us, and uh, uh, most of which are are Charlie centric. But you would be shocked the uh, just a wide breadth of topics. Very rarely are we set. Sa- are we having any conversations that would take us uh, uh, into malaria? Just like a net. Well, okay, more more so being married to you, I would say.
1: I try to, but those aren't so much conversations as like one sided monologues. Like I tell Justin things, and he tries not to look like glazed over and sawbones bored. The podcast. (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm just kidding.
0: So anyway, we're gonna talk about malaria.
1: Um, If you have a big problem with us leaving out our bits, our classic bits, let us know. Otherwise, we'll spare you. I just imagine people at home, polarity. like
0: uh, at home, like, yeah, I get it, I get what you guys are going for. But if you like that, maybe you like they would that, try to
1: guess. Like that's you, that would be me, like, oh, they're going to get into this.
0: Yeah, uh, if you like that, that part may- of the show, please let us know. But also, like, write a bunch of them for us because they're- <laughs> I know it, it seems weird that those took effort, but like they do. Anyway, sorry, Sydney. The the thing that made this so hard is like I don't I don't know, malaria is real funny. Like that's where we get into trouble is like what are some good what are some good I was sitting my head here thinking like I was sitting like banging my head against the table thinking what are some good malaria jokes? There are damn
1: good malaria jokes. No, I there aren't I mean malaria is not I don't think it's funny. I think it's a fun disease to talk about. Like people enjoy talking about malaria. It's interesting, I should say. It's got a long history. And um, it's a parasite, which we don't talk about a lot, and people always get a little. Remind me, what now?
0: What what is a parasite?
1: Well, it's a some sort of small. Well, it doesn't have to be small. In this case, we're talking about tiny little organisms mm-hmm. that use something from your system your nutrients to survive they wheeze off your juice right so they're not they're not giving you anything they're not providing you anything they're just taking from you and they don't have to be small but usually when we're talking about parasitology and like human parasites we're talking about small things now they can be big there are big giant worms that can come out of your butt but we're not talking about that today and monkeys monkeys might fly out of your butt too nope that's another concern nope not a concern uh did somebody suggest the topic yes a lot of people have suggested malaria because like i said a lot of people like to talk about malaria uh don david lehman jean, jean jose nicholas all suggested this topic thanks y'all uh
0: if you by the way people ask about this if you'd like to suggest a topic you can email sawbones at dot
1: so malaria comes from the italian word for bad air mal air Oh. Um, and that was that was because, and we'll talk about this more, but a lot of people thought for a long time that the way you got malaria was by inhaling something in the air. It was like kind of, we've talked about before, like the miasma theory sure. of disease, like that it's like there's some kind of illness that's floating around you and you might breathe it in accidentally and get sick, which sometimes is kind of right, but not with malaria.
0: Right. No, not in this case.
1: So, like I said, it's caused by a parasite, which we don't talk about a lot uh, because, and I think it's because in the U.S. We're, we don't get as, or we think we don't get as many parasites. But there are parasites endemic to the U.S. Um, malaria used to be. Really? Mm-hmm. You used to get malaria in the U.S. You used to get malaria everywhere. Malaria was a big deal in pretty much uh, not every country on Earth, but almost every country on Earth for many years. But the change in... Um, Kind of our sanitation. And uh, the big thing is whether or not you have a lot of standing water mm-hmm. for the mosquitoes to to lay their eggs in. Um, if you don't, you don't have a lot of these mosquitoes and then you don't get a lot of malaria. And so, as kind of things changed in the US, malaria got pushed further and further south. And now we see it mostly in Africa, although it still exists other places. So, what does it do? So, let's talk about malaria, the parasite, and what it does. Okay. Okay. So,
0: is it single celled or is it like bigger than that?
1: it's a little teeny plasmodium okay so yes yes okay no 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 it's not okay no no i'm gonna go with no
0: official no
1: i don't know i'm a doctor okay (laughs) it's a plasmodium i know all the names i know what it does to you okay it uh so there are several different like flavors of malaria that people get, Mm. uh, depending on which (laughs) which plasmodium infects you. There's falciparum, malaria, vivax valley. there's a couple others. Um, It's carried by a certain kind of mosquito, as I've already alluded to, the Anopheles mosquito. Hmm. So anywhere that you have Anopheles mosquitoes, conceivably you could have malaria. Uh, It gets into your bloodstream when the mosquito bites you. So that's why I said it's not really from inhaling toxic air. It's specifically from a mosquito bite. Um, And then initially the parasite will go infect your liver cells, Mm -hmm. uh, but from there it's released into your bloodstream, and that's when you start really getting sick. And that's also when we tend to see and diagnose malaria. And and there's a lot of, like if you are the kind of person who likes to look at microscopy pictures.
0: And who isn't? (laughs)
1: Like of of things you might see if you looked at blood under a microscope, Mm -hmm. you can see a lot of little shapes like ring forms and little banana-shaped things that under the microscope when somebody's blood who has malaria. Um, Some forms can live in you, live in your liver for a long time. Like the vivax in a valley, they can have these little things called hypnozoites, these little secret things like um, surprise, I don't know, timed, what am I thinking of, timed minds. What? They're like, you know... uh, time bombs yeah okay yeah i understand <laughs> you know time bomb
0: you know time bombs Got the it. the
1: word i couldn't come up with <laughs> uh they are lit-
0: somehow managed to say the two components of you just couldn't
1: <laughs> i said mines i was thinking like goldeneye like
0: sure, sure 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 like instead
1: of proximity mines well
0: they had remote mines but that yes. i don't think i'm
1: thinking of remote mine well the, no because you don't they don't know they're, not, no, they're yeah. just they're just there and then they just Let's go with time bomb. Yeah. And then they explode out of your liver later on after you think you've already gotten over the malaria and you get sick again. Um, you spread them to another person only if, like, the, a mosquito bites you and then bites somebody else. So you tend to see kind of outbreaks of it in areas, but it's not person to person so much as mosquito to person, okay. mosquito to person. The symptoms of malaria, the classic are these uh, cyclical fevers. And this is why, as I'll talk about, we think we've had malaria around for a really long time is because there aren't a lot of illnesses that have this kind of pattern of like, you get this really high fever, you get really sick, and then it starts to abate, you feel better, almost to the point where you seem like you're totally fine, And then you go through the cycle again. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's been written about all through antiquity. And so that's why we think malaria has been around so long. You also get uh, rigors. So these really awful chills and shakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get anemic. You get headaches. Uh, You feel really, really lousy when you have malaria. And then there are like really severe complications that can happen, not to everybody, but especially if you get the falciparum variety, you can get uh, fluid in your lungs like pulmonary edema. Your spleen can get really big. It can even rupture. Uh, You can go into renal failure, which is kidney failure. You can go into shock. It's really bad for pregnant women to get malaria. There are lots of complications. So malaria can be something that, just makes you feel really rotten or it can turn into a really big deal
0: what um what changes that like what what determines what just the different as you said varietals of of malaria
1: (laughs) part of it is that uh which one is is more likely to cause problems but just like falciparum is classically what we think of as the worst but just because you get falciparum doesn't mean you're going to get that sick Hmm. um it depends one on uh, you, there are more complications sometimes the more times you have malaria. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, that's rotten. I know, that, that I That makes me really sorry. I didn't mean to laugh. It's just like, ugh. Like to me, the idea of getting malaria is so like, uh, just so unfathomable. Like it breaks my heart to think that there are people who get it and they're like, ugh, again. It, for, again with this
1: for a lot of people it really is like that like uh, another sinus infection like the, the in certain parts of the world people get malaria that often you know and it can cause if it's not treated appropriately and you're not getting it addressed then it can cause chronic problems from that or just sometimes it's you know either your first time getting malaria or who knows and you have one of these catastrophic complications um certainly people who are already sick would be more likely to have these problems but uh, part of it is just bad luck Mm-hmm. as well um we've found evidence that the parasite the plasmodium that causes malaria uh has been around for 30 million years and we found it in mosquitoes trapped in amber which i
0: think along is cool. with some dinosaur dna
1: <laughs> i knew you were gonna go down this road
0: Dinosaurs. as
1: soon as i was i found this information and i thought now we're gonna have a jurassic park conversation
0: the bad thing is, we thought it was just malaria, but then we crossed it with the DNA of a frog, and that's why malaria is so bad today.
1: Because it's frog malaria. We crossed malaria. it with
0: because it's frog malaria, and it's reproducing asexually.
1: If it was frog malaria, it probably wouldn't infect humans. Probably, I mean that that might not be so bad.
0: Dinosaurs.
1: Um, there, you know, there was suggested that maybe some dinosaurs got malaria. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, that is that is because I mean there has been evidence that it was in reptiles so yeah yeah maybe so this maybe. is
0: not one of our new diseases that we've talked about before this is a this is an old old one
1: no it, it we likely first got it you know as it as it evolved over time from chimpanzees and depending on which strain and gorillas uh, who passed it on to humans from you know like again from mosquitoes. Um, and malaria is is interesting because it's probably evolved alongside us with mm-hmm. us, adapted to us, and we have adapted to malaria. And it's actually shaped some of the other um, chronic blood disorders that we see. Uh, for instance, uh, sickle cell anemia, thalassemia. There's another called G6PD deficiency. Uh, these people are, are less likely to be infected by malaria. Mm. And so it, the, there's a thought that when you – the reason that we still see these blood disorders the reason that you know when they arose you weren't selected against evolutionarily do -hmm. you understand what i'm saying yeah is because they provided a selective advantage because you were less likely to get malaria if you had them
0: right that makes sense
1: so so that's why that's part of why we see the prevalence of these diseases um uh in addition to our evolutionary history malaria has has changed the course of history in a lot of like like our social and political history.
0: Sort of like, um, well, what did we talk about last time? The um, syphilis. Okay, so syphilis. syphilis. Syphilis had, syphilis a, had an that. impact in that way.
1: Tuberculosis has had that impact. Yeah. Um, but malaria certainly, because it, at times, if there would be an outbreak in certain parts of the world, it would it would destroy whole city states. Um, armies were decimated by malaria. at Various. Points in different wars in history. Um, specifically, when we talk about like the Civil War, mm-hmm. there were as many people uh, sick in bed with malaria as there were fighting and you know being injured in the war. Wow! Uh, it's depressed economies. Every time there would be a big outbreak of malaria, it, it was very hard on the economic situation. And there were there are theories that there were parts of countries that were uninhabited, especially coastal lands, for decades because. People knew that it had something to do with water, and they didn't know what specifically, so they stayed away from bodies of water. Hmm. So there were areas that it was thought, eh, nobody lives there, and it's probably because of malaria we tend to think of it like i kind of said we tend to think of it as like a tropical disease now but it was everywhere for a long time um but like i said you need some you need standing water that's one of the big things that you when you're trying to address the malaria problem to eliminate sources of standing water can Mm -hmm. be a big help um and we've seen malaria kind of recede from at least from the u.s and you know um the uk and europe uh there is evidence that the ancient egyptians had malaria
0: yeah, I would think so. If the dinosaurs had it,
1: mm-hmm. we found we found DNA evidence in uh, mummies, and there's also evidence that they at least had some idea that they didn't want to be around mosquitoes. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, the pharaoh Neferu, used to use bed nets. Cleopatra slept with a bed net, and I mean, maybe they just don't like getting bitten by mosquitoes.
0: But still, I mean, that's yeah.
1: But I mean, if you do that every single night, you have to begin to wonder. Like, I don't know. Do you know? Do you know something? Do you suspect something? Well, yeah,
0: but like at the same time, who would have nights where like, maybe I'd like to get bit by mosquitoes tonight. Like, I I mean, I think that once you decided you would rather not be bit by mosquitoes, that's probably a life decision you're going to live with.
1: Maybe you just fall asleep first and you're like, oh, I don't want to wake back up and get my bed net out. Put my bed net
0: out. I think if you're Cleopatra, odds are pretty good you're not hanging up your in bed net, but like, maybe
1: I don't know. It's kind of. I mean, like you know how every night you get in bed and try not to brush your teeth, and then I have to convince you to get back out of bed and yep. brush your teeth.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. I remember that.
1: Maybe it's like that. Same principle. the The builders of the pyramids were given a lot of garlic, and that's thought that it was an attempt to protect them from malaria. Hmm. Again, not sure that there was that they knew any connection between what was going to give them malaria. Just that somehow garlic would uh, kind of like the strong smells fight strong smells, push away the bad air. Sure. Uh, Like I said, these cyclical fevers are really what make us think that this has existed so long, because Hippocrates wrote about this, uh, that there was an illness, and that you would have these horrible, horrible high temperatures, and then you would get better, and then it would come again, and that it could be deadly, but... uh, We think this is malaria. We're pretty sure uh, that ancient Chinese physicians wrote about this as well and also wrote about the fact that patients who would get these high fevers tended to have large spleens often. So again, more evidence that we think this probably is malaria. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Romans called it the Roman fever. We think that when they reference that, they're talking about malaria, which I think is a little conceited.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very showy.
1: And also dinosaur fever is better.
0: Dinosaur fever would be, if they had like, A, called it with dinosaurs, and B, called it dinosaur fever, I I would be slightly less concerned about catching malaria, I think.
1: If it was called dinosaur fever?
0: Yeah. Because I, I, honestly, there was a period when I was like five or six where I did have dinosaur fever. A I, lot. I think
1: a lot of little kids go through that phase. Yeah. Like a dinosaur fever phase.
0: Not malaria,
1: to no. be clear.
0: I was just really into dinosaurs. <laughs>
1: Um, the, uh, Pope Gregory the fourth actually in response to the Roman fever, uh, being more prevalent in warmer times of the year, actually moved all saints day from May to November. And in part, it was because of malaria hmm. all saints day, November 1st, all Hallows.
0: That's not day. what I know about. Is that a Catholic thing?
1: It's the day after Halloween all no. saints day.
0: Oh, okay. I know about all saints, the girl group. So the same thing.
1: Not at all. Okay. All, Halloween I, thought, I think it's
0: nice that all saints has a day in their honor though no. they they made only a minor impact on the music landscape but i'm <laughs> glad that we're still remembering their contribution
1: it's nothing like all spice day <laughs> <laughs> expected more from that one yeah no but it's all, a all day spice after, day yeah
0: what was the joke
1: all spice it's a spice. All Saints, All Spice?
0: I thought you were going for a Spice Girls thing, because we no. were talking about All Saints. Okay.
1: No, I was talking about the seasoning.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah.
1: Anyway, no, it's the day after Hall- All Hallows' Eve is Halloween, and then the next day is
0: I, it must be the a day Catholic of the Hallows, of the saints, the, day after ha- the holy people. Normally the day after Halloween is the day that I have diarrhea from eating too much candy. So that's not... <laughs> I didn't know it was a holiday, but I'm, I... It's also a
1: day where we celebrate all the saints. When I was younger, I dressed up as one of the saints at church. We We all did. We all had to dress up as a saint. We don't do that in mine. I don't know what to tell you, Sydney. Okay, anyway. We don't do that. We didn't do that when I was little. We didn't have saints. So there's some belief that maybe part of the reason we moved All Saints Day to November is because of malaria. Um, The Romans also believed that it came from the air, and specifically swamp air. So one of the solutions was move away from the swamps. Don't be close to the swamps. Which, again, isn't a bad idea. Yeah. If you're looking for a place where mosquitoes are.
0: It's you know. nice that they figured out the water thing. Did they know it was from mosquitoes? Or did no. they, it was just the water?
1: Nope. Just something to do with the swamp air. Huh. Um, throughout uh, Shakespeare's time, Shakespeare wrote about malaria quite a bit. Like seven or eight of his plays, he mentions malaria. Huh. Um, at this point, it would have been called Marsh Fever or the <sighs> Tertian Ague. The ague is a, is a name we hear a lot for mm. malaria. Um, and as I kind of mentioned, it just ravaged d- different wars in our history, specifically the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. A lot of people uh, had malaria. Congress actually during the Revolutionary War bought uh, cinchona bark, which as we're going to talk about was one of the old and current treatments for malaria um from south america during the revolutionary war in an, ad- in an attempt to combat malaria
0: i know about some kind of from uh uh the signature, signature of all things,
1: things. yeah mm-hmm. um and then world war one and world war two there were certainly many people sick with malaria although not as many people were dying from malaria at this point um it the bigger point is that it made a lot of a lot of soldiers sick and that was obviously a huge impact on many many different battles in the war. Um, by the 1890s, we figured out that it was spread by a parasite. We'd isolated the parasite. Uh, it was actually two medical students helped in this effort. Oh, finding, finding the parasite, like, reproducing inside mosquitoes and figuring out what was going on. Um, and, that, and then, of course, that it was spread by mosquitoes, we figured out after that.
0: Excellent. Uh, I should mention, we, we just randomly mentioned Signature of All Things. That's a great novel by uh, uh, our friend Elizabeth Gilbert. If you uh, uh, like our show, you will probably like signature of things
1: i think you will absolutely it's a wonderful book i would highly recommend it
0: sydney i i just did that little plug for liz gilbert's book and now i'm i am got the urge to to promote more things can you help well, me out
1: yeah let me show you the way to the billing department
0: let's go High quality chef crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some southwestern style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl. Is 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 part of my plan? Um, but they got like fancy. Stuff. Listen, to this. What are you going to get? This truffle oh, butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously, from 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 a, a box. Uh, f- and th- the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to Factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 and use code Sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code Sawbones50 at Factormeals.com slash Sawbones50 to get 50% off.
1: So why don't we talk about some treatments for malaria Yeah, now that we've kind of gone over let's, the history? Let's start
0: digging out of this 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 well.
1: Okay. So first of all, what's interesting about the history of malaria treatments is that we kind of got it right a couple times without really intending to. Hey, go us. Um, the As far back when we go into like the ancient Chinese writings about malaria, uh, you find them recommending a certain herb, the Artemisia herb. Um, what, what is so interesting about that is that that is the basis of some of the treatments we still use today for malaria. Hmm. So this was not wrong. Um, I don't know if soaking it in cold water and then eating it raw would work, but I know that they were on the right track. And I, what I love the most is that the, the recommendation of using this herb is from a book called Emergency Prescriptions Kept in One Sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> That's a so, great title.
0: That's I bet that was flying off the shelves.
1: I don't recommend to my patients to keep any prescriptions in their sleeve, but I'm going to start, I yeah. guess.
0: Your sleeves look really baggy. Well, I've been feeling under the weather lately. <laughs> I've got some emergency in here.
1: I got some cough
0: drops. I got some uh some brambleberry essence.
1: Be careful what you carry in your sleeves though. Yeah. It's a crazy world out there now.
0: <laughs> a lot of sleeve thieves. You have to be <laughs> careful. People are you notice somebody eyeing your sleeves, you just head on down the road. <laughs> they're up to no good.
1: <laughs> they're they're after your blood pressure medication. <laughs> or um
0: bark, depending on what area. Or, you're
1: or in. the bark you have in your sleeve. Uh, there was an early understanding we kind of talked about that people knew that water had something to do with it and sp- like like swamps so rice paddies came under fire in China and so there were some recommendations like
0: oh I bet those things are just like rife with mosquitoes
1: yeah and so there were some thoughts like maybe we should stop doing this but of course that was a huge economic problem so it, it wasn't stopped but there was debate you know like what, what do we do because we need the, rice was a big you know still I, I imagine a big feature of the economy and yeah um, so there was some question as to whether that should be stopped. Uh, uh, similarly, draining swamps was something that we suggested at various times at various places in history. Like, I don't know if we drain all the swamps, will people start get, stop getting sick?
0: I don't know that a lot of good comes from swamps, like f- from a human <laughs> being point of view. It's it seems There like are
1: people in Florida right now who are losing their
0: mind at no, you saying that. Well, no, what they're thinking is like, you know what, Justin, that offended me. But then I realized like... The only thing that happens in swamps is alligators are there, and sometimes people have bodies there. Those are the two things that happens in swamps. And those sweet airboats, but I don't know where you get those.
1: Okay, I I will tell you that I went to many school trips when I was younger and lived in Cross, Georgia, to the Okefenokee Swamp. Mm-hmm. And it was very cool. And One guy's were... like, yeah, 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 Oki-Finoki represent. I loved going to the Okie finoki Swamp because you saw alligators, you, you rode in a boat, and then there were these leaves that you would like, they would pull off plants and rub together and soap, there would be soap, would happen from the leaves. I loved going to the oki That Oake sounds swamp. fun.
0: I mean, I'm just like, that sounds fun So be careful
1: me. when you did Swamp.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Swamps. <laughs> Uh, the- I used to like sawbones, but that show is so anti swamp
1: <laughs> In the Middle Ages, uh, they tried all kinds of weird bad ideas for treating malaria as we did for everything right yeah middle ages
0: <laughs> was really bad
1: uh we tried bloodletting really get
0: much worse in the middle ages this is uh-huh. our apex of like not knowing what we're doing cross with our willingness to just do whatever just
1: do something i don't know cut yourself drill a hole in your head which we tell you not to like Literally. every time like but people did that um amputate a limb it's like they're not even listening to our podcast um uh, try some witchcraft Take some belladonna. That won't Pull help. Pull
0: a sword out of a rock. Like, what are you guys doing?
1: No, um, let's, let's work out your nativity chart with astrology <laughs> and then tell you what what uh, planet age, is middle, causing your malaria. I don't know how that fixes it. Middle but
0: Ages was really bad. At least before that, we're like, I don't know, homie. Figure it out or something or don't. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know anything.
1: The most interesting, and Justin, you probably know part of this because you you read the signature of all things. Be it first. Is the story of the syncona tree. So it's funny because if you read about how did we figure out this syncona tree, which has also been called the, the fever tree um, because it cures fevers. Uh, the, the way that we figured out, like, how, how did we ever think this bark might help us against this horrible disease? Mm-hmm. Um, the story is that there was an earthquake that caused a bunch of syncona trees to fall into a lake and that the water in the lake was really bitter after that flavored by the cinchona and nobody would want it. nobody wanted to drink it except there was one guy who was really sick and so he had a fever he was really thirsty so he drank it because what does he get he needed water he was very thirsty and he got better and that's how we figured out that cinchona bark
0: that that story is just wild enough to make total sense
1: I, like, it's interesting i don't that adds up i don't have a better thought as to how we would have ever thought to to get tree bark and I don't
0: know how we figure out any of this stuff, right? There's got to be some story like that for all of these things, right? Yeah,
1: some some just random you're, happenstance. And you're then
0: making you're making um, uh, metal springs for weapons, and one of them gets knocked off of a shelf. And you see it very pleasingly coil off the shelf onto the floor, and you think that's a toy slinky born.
1: <laughs> that's and this is on the same level, I think, as the slinky. Basically, it's kind of like Sean Connery and Medicine Man, you know. It was the ants. Mm-hmm. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers for Medicine Man. <laughs> um, Stay tuned for spoiling romantic the Stone next. <laughs> uh, their miners also took this when they had to go into like cold, damp mines because it would stop. They thought it stopped shivering, which is probably a reference to the fact that it stopped the rigors that are associated with malaria. Hmm. Um, it was used by the the native the people native to Peru, and then the Spanish missionaries found it when they came to Peru um, and started noticing that people would use this local uh, tree bark to treat this awful fever that everybody got and it worked and so they started exporting it all over the world and it does work because it has the alkaloid quinine in it which quinine is still used to treat malaria today um, So that's pretty cool. That is cool yeah and the, and, and so that this bark was sent um, Jesuit bark was the same name or you know fever tree. All kinds of the same thing was sent all over the world to treat malaria because it was a big problem. Um, It's interesting because one of the other big treatments you read about is Warburg's tincture, Mm -hmm. which was created in 1834 by a German doctor, um, which also contained quinine. So, like, it kind of took over for a while as the big treatment for malaria. But, I mean, it had quinine in it as well. So, we're still still using quinine. But it was used hugely by the British and Austrian empires. Um, Also, this is in tonic water, quinine. Oh, yeah. Just as a side note so
0: because you were drinking a lot when you're pregnant for your uh for your leg
1: restless leg yes i was tonic water that's yes. unrelated to yes quinine quinine has been used for leg cramps and restless leg and that kind of thing although i would if you're considering that talk to your doctor be very careful um with uh, not so i mean tonic water you'd have to drink a whole lot of it to cause yourself problems but there are a lot of supplements over the counter on a side note that have quinine in them and you can get too much and it's called synconism because of the tree and you can get poisoned so be careful good to know um once we figured out the parasite as i mentioned in the 1890s throughout the 1900s we developed all kinds of new medications and i won't go through all the medications we have today for malaria but but we have quite a few um The biggest problem, though, is as we have developed new medications, the malaria parasite is wily, and it becomes resistant to them almost as soon as we make them. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why if you're traveling somewhere in the world, the first question you should ask your doctor is, do they have malaria there? And what medication can I use to prevent it when I go there? Because it's different everywhere you go in the world. (laughs) Um, And moving on to to today, malaria is still a, a huge problem. Um, like I said, we don't think of it that way. I think here because we don't see it in the U.S. Right. You know, we—I I know for me it was something that we talked about in medical school. I, I was interested in it because I had an interest in international medicine. Um, but then I didn't see it until I went to Malawi, um, and then we had a case here, which is weird. Yeah, that is weird. But anyway, there's still like 225 million cases each year. Um, 800,000 people still die of malaria. And there are there are about 100 different countries worldwide where it's still endemic, largely in Africa. Um, it's a huge cause of, of childhood death as well. And like I said, there are many drugs, but there's still much resistance to them. Um, bed nets are one of the biggest solutions to this. So simple, but effective. Just don't get bitten by mosquitoes. And um, this is important if you're going to travel anywhere in the world. Go talk to your doctor, especially if you have... Somebody who does like a travel clinic, like I offer, where and, you can ask about what meds you might need,
0: and uh, you can you can go donate, go go donate some bed nets to help people who are still uh, suffering from this. You go to nothingbutnets.net, and you can buy some nets and uh, help people out there.
1: Because it's really that simple. I mean, the the ideas historically of draining swamps and Cleopatra sleeping under a net probably was more effective at fighting malaria than just about anything else we we could do
0: so go do that and then feel a little better uh uh uh, about the problem because you're helping to to combat it uh thank you the maximumfund.org network for uh having us as a part of their uh family they've got a lot of great programs that you can go listen to uh uh, and we would recommend you do that right this second we got the max fund drive coming up so we're gonna you're gonna have some uh some uh, a, a lot of chances to support the network and get some cool stuff in return. So that's pretty groovy.
1: Thank you to the taxpayers for our theme song, Medicines.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you to people tweeting about the show. We're at Sawbones on Twitter. So you can uh, you can tweet about us and be like uh, Sparkly Pawnee, Lana K, Malin Carlson. We are Goose, Foxy Love, Kelly Wardell. Amy, uh, KLM, David Cooper, uh, Mundicius, Ames, uh, Meg, Dan, and Glenn over at Games by Playdate, uh, Adrian Mejia, 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 I think Mejia, that sounds right, Adrian mm-hmm. Mejia, uh, Dylan Snott, so many others. Thank you so much for tweeting about the show. You can follow us on Twitter if you would like to do so. And uh, thanks to you for listening. Thanks to you, Sydney, for being here. Really appreciate you.
1: Thank you, Justin, for inviting me to. Your office. (laughs)
0: Our podcast. (laughs) Uh, uh, Until uh, next time, probably on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, uh, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head.